Now, we must all fear evil men. But there is another kind of evil which we must fear most. And that is the indifference of good men. This is the St. Longinus's podcast channel. This is episode number 30. Are you a Pharisee? But first a prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. All that I am, all that I have, all that I do shall be consecrated to your service and your glory. In Jesus' name that I pray, Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. Amen. All right, so I guess I should give a little introductory um, note here because I'm sure a lot of people are probably going to be triggered by the question, are you a Pharisee? And um, I just want to stress that I'm not trying to be edgy. I'm not trying to be um, holier than thou. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> basically, you know, I'm not messing with people. It's a sincere question. But I did phrase the question provocatively because I'm hoping that people out of curiosity will listen to this and uh, hopefully they'll come away. Um, you know, I'll be able to provide them with some ideas that maybe they hadn't thought of. Um, I also want to say... Uh, I meant to say this in my uh, my my podcast uh, my pat my podcast note a couple episodes back. Everything that I talk about, everything or most things, I should say, most things that I've talked about are things that are easily verifiable either through set of a contest podcasts or traditional Catholic material, everything. And, you know, um, I do, you know, I, I, in my show notes, I do put in my sources. So I'm just not talking out of my butt. Um, but, uh, Basically, what uh, basically what this episode is about um, is the importance of the spiritual life. If you if you want to be a true Catholic, now. I'm just going off the assumption that most people listen to an episode or two and, you know, decide that I'm, I'm not their cup of tea, which is fine. Uh, but, um, not, I'm not trying to repeat myself because I do realize I've, I've had, uh, several episodes on the importance of the spiritual life. But I figured, given that it's Lent, and um, I have been, um, you know, I, I, I have been, uh, you know, doing prayers and spiritual readings during this time, because that's the purpose of Lent. You know, um... I can't speak for the set of the contests. I know for the Norvis Ordo, uh, I'm sorry, Vatican II types that, you know, to them, 
Lent is just a time where you give up something. And I, I, I won't speak uh, for anyone but myself, but generally during Lent, when I was in the Vatican II sect, I would give up something that basically I could tolerate, you know, it wasn't as if I was giving up tobacco or anything like that. You know, it was, it was relatively an easy, easy give up. And that was the extent of my Lenten reflection, which to anybody who's familiar with the spiritual life, you know, that's, that's not what Lent is for. And before I get started, all my sources for this talk or suggested uh, sources for this talk are going to be in the show notes. So um, if you're interested in anything that I'm saying, I'm going to give you the resources, but I'm not going to lead you by the hand. You could look it up. So basically, I'm going to cover the title of my podcast. And uh, like I said, uh, I came up with this title while I was doing my Lenten Reflections. And I was actually intending on saving it until after Easter. And obviously, as I've said in previous episodes, um, if I felt like I was compelled to do this, I would do it. And so... Um, yes, I felt compelled to, uh, to put out this episode a little earlier and, and given the fact that it's Lent, it couldn't hurt. So the reason I entitled this episode the way I did was because anyone who's familiar with um, the New Testament. And when I say the New Testament, I'm talking about the Gospels in particular. Jesus was really harsh on the Pharisees. Um, but once again, I'm not, I'm not going to I'm not going to comment on anyone else. I'm just going to comment on myself. And basically, when I used to read the gospel accounts of Jesus and the Pharisees, um, basically... I mean, you don't need to be a theologian to figure out that he was dogging out the Pharisees because they were hypocrites. They, they, they were hypocrites and they were holier than thou. And, um, you know, basically they hated Jesus because, you know, Jesus was calling them out, <laughs> you know. And um, there, there, there's another reason why they hated Jesus, but I'll get to that in a minute. Well, that, that was my takeaway from the New Testament. And since I've started on reading the spiritual, uh, spiritual instruction, And some of this has been really made clear to me during this Lenten time. But basically, 
I mean, everything I just said was true. It was absolutely true. They were hypocrites. They were holier than now. But if you read some of the passages in the gospel carefully, he criticizes them for and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be as careful with this wording as I can be that he's not criticizing them for observing the law. As a matter of fact, you know, in the whole gospel, he makes clear, I'm observing the law being the Mosaic law. You know, I'm not doing away with it. I'm following it to perfection. Okay. So when he, when he criticizes the Pharisees, he's not criticizing them for following the law. What he's criticizing them for is their lack of charity, their lack of spiritual understanding. No, he calls them blind guides because their spiritual eyes and their spiritual ears are shut to his truth. They can't understand Jesus and what he's preaching. And for that matter, it wasn't just the Pharisees. It was also a lot of his Jewish audience. They couldn't understand what he was saying because their spiritual eyes were shut, their spiritual ears were shut, and their hearts were hardened. In other words, they were... They were too caught up in themselves and in, in, in too much in their day-to-day -day existence to be able to fully understand what Jesus was trying to tell them. Now, I want to make it clear, the disciples, although they were a little they had a little more understanding than the Pharisees and the Jewish people. They too had their own hangups. And that's what makes the uh, Holy Spirit coming down upon the disciples at Pentecost so important. Because Jesus told them, before he ascended into heaven, he said, wait for the paraclete and you'll, you'll, you will have spiritual understanding. And what he meant by that was his, Jesus's spiritual understanding. Because if you read the gospels, you know, the, 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 some of, uh, a lot of the disciples, actually all the disciples, they had the same issue as the Pharisees and the Sadducees, uh, I'm sorry, the Pharisees and the, uh, Jewish people. They basically, um, they had their own expectations of Jesus. And when he didn't act the way they thought he should act, they were, you know, he would have to tell them, you know, hey, uh, you know, you, you lack understanding, you know, but I'm going to help you to get that spiritual understanding. Of course, I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, um, that's basically the gist. Okay. So now I've cut, like I said, I've covered some of this in previous episodes, but once again, I'm going to say that. Um, I'm doing this for those who are just tuning in, who haven't heard the previous episodes. So basically, the Jewish understanding of the Messiah is that he was going to be, he was going to be a, a secular king, to put it, 
to put it the best way I can. He was going to be a secular king. And basically, you know, because the Romans were occupying Israel at the time, he was going to kick out the Romans and he was going to establish a Jewish kingdom on the earth. Okay. And part of my uh, reading during the Latin period, and I, you know, once again, I got to give God all the praise because it, it never came to me until this point that basically I can't speak for the, the Jewish people, but the Pharisees, part of their tradition was, was that Jesus was going to be like an actual king born in, born in a palace and rich and powerful. And, you know, he, you know, he, he was, that, that was their tradition. That was their idea of the Messiah. So Jesus comes along and, you know, he's born of us in a stable. Um, He's born to a poor couple, Mary and Joseph. You know, Joseph's a lowly carpenter and he lives in poverty. You know, um, he's basically relying on the hospitality of anyone who will give him the hospitality to preach his message. And then you add to the fact that he's basically dogging them out because they're a bunch of hypocrites and holier than thou's. And they're very proud people, the Pharisees were. They're very proud, you know. In, in their minds, they're very learned. And so they see Jesus, and he's, he's, a wandering, he's a wandering preacher, and he's basically taking them to task because, you know, of their hypocrisy and stuff. And... What really threw them for a loop was that he was he was doing miracles. Uh, other set of a contest, quite frankly, other traditional Catholics have made this point that um, basically, the, even after Jesus died, and you had the rabbinical rabbis after the time of Jesus, they. You you go through, you go through like the Talmud, which is the Jewish commentary. None of these, none of these sources, and none of the none of the um, Pharisees that were alive during Jesus' time, they never denied his miracles. They never denied it, and they never denied it after he died either. But what they did, and if you read the Gospel, you know you'll see it is they accused him of being uh, basically demonically influenced. They accused him of casting out demons by the power of Beelzebub. They said, you cast out demons by the power of Beelzebub. So that's what was driving them nuts. That they had this guy, but he was not, who they expected. In addition to not who, you know, being poor and being a wandering preacher, you know, he's, he, you know, and you have to understand the context of this story. The Pharisees at the time of Jesus were highly respected. I mean, because basically they were the religious leaders of Israel at that time. So they're used to people being, you know, respectful and, well, let's be honest, a little uh, subservient to these guys. So they're they're all puffed up on their ego thinking, yeah, I'm the man. And Jesus is basically taking them to task and saying, you guys need to humble yourselves. And so, you know, it ticked them off, you know, it made them mad. Now who, who is this poor dude, you know? Our Messiah is going to be a king in a palace. He's going to be rich. And he, he's going to hold us up as the example. And, you know, obviously Jesus didn't, didn't do that. 
So they were salty, obviously. Now, I know I've come a long way to get to where I'm going with this, but basically Jesus was telling them, he called them blind guides. And he told the followers of the Pharisees that basically they were blind guides leading the blind and they he they were going to lead their followers into a ditch. In other words, into hell. Because they didn't have the proper spiritual understanding of Jesus. You know, and like I said, the... The apostles pretty much had the same problem to a lesser degree until the day of Pentecost when the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, came down upon them and enlightened them. And so did the Jewish people. Now, that is, that is the, the crux of this episode, is to tell... Um, well, basically, this is an open-ended episode. It's not particularly directed at any one group in particular. Um, as Jesus said, let he who has eyes and ears see and hear me. Okay? Basically, um, a Pharisee is a person who basically follows you know they 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 follow the correct doctrine because another part of the whole gospel story is is you had several sects within Israel at the time of Jesus now the the Pharisees were following the law of Moses, which was the correct doc, uh, doctrine for that time. But you had other sects within Israel that were not following the law of Moses. But they were following it without, number one, having the correct spiritual understanding. And two, lacking charity toward God and their neighbor. That is why Jesus told them, and actually he was making a quote from one of the prophets. I think it was uh, Isaiah, if I'm not mistaken. But basically Isaiah wrote a prophecy where he said, um, I do not require sacrifice. I require repentance. And, and so um, Jesus was saying, you don't have the proper understanding. So even though you're keeping the law and, you know, part of the hypocrisy of that was, was they were twisting the law to suit their own purposes. Anyone who reads the gospel will, will understand that basically they were giving the appearance, oh yes, I'm following the law, I'm following, but, you know, they were actually twisting the law, and because they were in a position to twist the law, you know, nobody knew any better, except the Pharisees themselves, of course. But, um, so, basically, a Pharisee is a person who does the outward observances of the doctrine, but does not have a spiritual life with Jesus Christ and his blessed mother. Okay. And basically the Pharisees, and I'm going, I'm going to use a word that came up a lot in my studies they were very carnal people. Now, a lot of people aren't going to know what carnal means. Carnal basically means that 
You have a natural, you go by what your natural understanding is. Your natural understanding. But you don't, you don't know or understand the spiritual understanding. Everything you see, you see through your natural eyes. You're not seeing them through spiritual eyes. That's why Jesus called the Pharisees blind guides and told them they were the blind leading the blind because they weren't seeing things spiritually. And they also weren't, their hearts were hard, meaning that the the spiritual aspect of te- of Jesus's teachings were going over the heads of it, the audience because they they were so uh, so carnal, so natural in their understanding that everything that he was saying they were they didn't understand because they were just used to looking to, at everything at a natural level. Okay, so what I'm saying is, in my own long-winded way, is that basically the reason why the spiritual life is so important in the life of a true Catholic is because, and I, like I said, I've, I've said this several times in several other episodes, basically... The doctrine is is the the uh, the the foundation of your belief. In other words, correct doctrine gives you the foundation for your belief. But that's that's not the only thing you need to be looking at. You need to be having a spiritual understanding of God and His heavenly kingdom and His blessed Mother, and you cannot do that with just on doctrine alone. Doctrine alone will point you in the right direction, but you need to have a spiritual life if you're going to maintain your belief. Now, I do understand that a lot of people, um, they they go no farther than having the correct doctrine. And... uh, I'm not in any condition to say what the end result of that condition is, but, oh, and one other thing, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier. I think I did, but everything that I'm talking about is backed up by the saints and the uh, spiritual writers and, and the, you know, the bishops and the priests that basically um, you know, if you don't have that spiritual relationship with Jesus and his blessed mother in the heavenly kingdom, um, you're basically, you know, it, it, it's not a good situation is what I'll put it like. And so in my show notes, I am going to give some resources in um in 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 spiritual material that I found especially uh helpful in in my own spiritual life. Um and you know before any of you you know, view this on a surface level and say, oh, well, you're just, you're being puffed up yourself. You, you think you can tell us. No, uh, I, I'm not telling anyone anything. <laughs> I'm just saying um, what's worked for me and I'm uh, suggesting that, you know, you might want to try it. You know, um, but I also am saying that everything I'm telling you is backed up if you're willing to do the research. Now, I'm going to say this, and I am going to say it flat out. If 
you listen to what I'm saying and you blow it off and say, well, I, you know, this guy's full of crap. I don't need to listen and I don't need to look at his resources. Well, you do that at your own peril. Okay. I will say that much. You do that at your own peril because any, any true Catholic knows any true Catholic knows that your salvation is on you. God will give you the grace to do the spiritual life, but you got to meet him halfway. You got to meet him halfway. And if, if you, you know, for whatever reason, decide that, you know, you, you're fine as you are. And by the way, I want to make this absolutely clear. If you do have some sort of spiritual life, then this doesn't apply to you. I'm talking about the people who are basically um, seeing things through natural eyes, seeing things, you know, through their natural understanding and are not bothering to try to uh, have a spiritual relationship with Jesus. And by the way, I, uh, having been former uh, Vatican II, um, I know that a lot of Vatican II people, when the Protestants, and I've been one of those too, you know, criticize them about having a personal relationship with Jesus, um, I, I, I will give the Protestants this kind of, this small credit, they've got the raw, right idea, but they're wrong. <laughs> they're, they're right, but for the wrong reasons. Okay. But I've heard, I've heard Vatican II Catholics saying, well, I take the Eucharist, uh, you know, and uh, it doesn't get much personal than that. Well, if you take the Eucharist without a understanding, a pure spiritual understanding about Jesus in the heavenly kingdom and his blessed mother, um, from, from what I understand, and this is just my understanding, you're, you're probably on the wrong foot and you're probably on the wrong path. Because part of taking the Eucharist, you know, it's not just the physical reception of Jesus's body and blood. That helps keep you faithful. That helps to keep you faithful and it helps to deepen your spiritual understanding. But it, just doing the Eucharist alone, just like doing, having the doctrine alone is not going to make you justified in God's sight. You have to, you have to have the spiritual understanding. If doctrine is the basis for true Catholic belief, then having a spiritual relationship, a spiritual life is the cornerstone. It is absolutely the cornerstone of, of getting getting right with Jesus and having the proper relationship. And the Eucharist is Jesus's gift to you to help maintain you in that spiritual life. Okay. Like I said, nothing that I'm speaking about here is contradictory toward anything that the traditional Catholic church teaches. It's not. And if anybody wants to uh, question me on this, um, I listed the way you can contact me in case you do want to challenge me. But nothing I've said here is not in the remotest sense contradictory. Everything that I've said here is backed up by, by traditional Catholic sources. And by the way, for you neo-trads out there, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about Catholic sources prior to Vatican II. So in, in your cognitive dissidence, don't, 
contact me and say, well, Vatican II doesn't teach this. Well, I don't believe Vatican II was legitimate, so I don't care. <laughs> Anyhow, um, the, the spiritual life is very, very important. Uh, as a matter of fact, I would say it's vital. It's vital. Um, and like I said, I, I know I've covered this in previous episodes, but not everybody starts at the beginning or whatever. So some of you might not have heard these episodes. You know, and part of what the spiritual life teaches is prayer and penance. Basically, penance is is giving up stuff that may be, you know, legal under, you know, Catholic tradition, but that you give up voluntarily for the love of God. So in other words, if, you know, there's, there's nothing in traditional Catholic teachings about having, uh, video games. I'm just going to use that because I used to play them. There's nothing illegal inherently about playing video games. But if you want to have a, you know, you're, if you want to get closer to God, you're supposed to give up the things that you love in order to get closer to him. That's the whole purpose of Lent, by the way, is to kind of give you a taste. You know, but, Lent is more than just, you know, not eating meat on Friday. Okay. One meal a day on Friday. Lent's more than that. It's for prayer, you know, doing as many prayers as you can and reading spiritual books. And I can't emphasize this enough. There was a saint who said, that without reading good spiritual books, that it was next to impossible to have a spiritual relationship with Jesus. And I want to emphasize this, and I can't emphasize this enough. If you have a learning disability, if you have dyslexia, and you literally cannot read, well, obviously, um, you know, God doesn't expect you to 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 uh, to read spiritual books if you can't read or, you know, for whatever your reason is, you cannot understand. God will not ask the impossible of you. All the saints have said this. But that does not resolve you of your responsibility of finding an alternate route of 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 you know there 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 are there's a YouTube channel that has literal books spiritual books catholic spiritual books it they literally have a channel just devoted to that so if you uh if you can't you know if you can't read, well, there are, like I said, there are books on tape, you know, surely you can listen to those books on tape. They even got the Bible on tape. Okay. But, you know, uh, uh, when, 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 you know, God has expectations. Okay. And that's, I'm going to throw this in here. That's the biggest. The biggest issue I see in modern society. And because modern society is filled with all sorts of errors. This is not a personal judgment. This is just an observation. Basically, people nowadays want Jesus to fit their mold. They want, you know, just like the Pharisees. They want Jesus to do what they want 
they don't do what Jesus wants them to do. And so when when you say some some of the hard teachings of the Catholic Church or Jesus himself, they get all butthurt and take it personal. Because well, wait a minute, wait a minute. How can how can hell exist? Uh, uh, you know, and I've actually heard somebody who wrote an email to a podcaster and said, Well, I can't I can't um reconcile a loving God who would make hell. <laughs> I don't know how you can call yourself a Christian and make that statement. Jesus makes it very clear in the New Testament that there is a hell and that people who go to hell, and by the way, it wasn't just Jesus, read any of the saints, read any of the spiritual writers. Anybody who winds up in hell goes there due to their own actions. And that's part of hard-heartedness. You know, people who cannot understand spiritual truths they're blinded, they're spiritually blinded, they're spiritually deaf, and they have a hard heart. Because basically, they're expecting God to conform to them. Even as a Protestant, when I, I started out as a Protestant, even as a Protestant, I realized that's a bunch of garbage. God does not conform to you. God is your creator. You conform to him. But then you're gonna you're gonna act all uh, upset, you know, about concepts that you haven't even bothered to try to understand. And that 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 was another reason that Jesus took the Pharisees to task was because the Pharisees didn't bother to try to understand what Jesus was talking about because Jesus wasn't fitting into their mold. Therefore, hey, let's just ignore the guy, you know. <laughs> you know, he isn't what we expected. Okay? This has been the whole purpose of why I do this podcast. Uh, too many people are putting their lives in spiritual jeopardy because they're spiritually blind, they're spiritually deaf, and they're hard-hearted. You know, they they want things on their terms. And another thing that I've noticed with a lot of modern people, and when I say modern people, um, I'm not talking about the atheists and the agnostics because basically they've checked out. I'm talking about actual Christian or, or people who are at least willing to give lip service to God. He, I'm, I'm talking about people who are willing to give, you know, lip service. Oh, yeah, there's a God. Well, okay, you're, um, you're basically saying that, um, you know, if you don't understand a, a certain concept. That God is unjust and unfair because you don't understand it. You're not going to make the attempt to try to understand it. You you know, if, if God doesn't conform to you, then you're going to badmouth God because he's not conforming to you. That's not the way this works, people. No, sorry if this hurts, but it's the truth. God doesn't conform to you. You conform to him. Now, as the last note, in the Gospels, Jesus quotes the prophet Isaiah. And I know this is definitely Isaiah who said this. He basically said in his prophecy, you honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far away from me. Meaning that... um. You know, basically, uh, people, you know, they they say, oh, yeah, God is great. God is great. But they don't have a, a, 
a true spiritual understanding about God or a relationship with him for that matter. You know, if you, you, you could, you could literally go into a monastery or a, uh, or a convent and just lock yourself in a cell and just pray 24 seven straight. If you don't have that proper relationship with Jesus, I would hazard to say, based on what I've read and what I understand, that basically you're wasting your time and you're basically wasting God's too. <laughs> because, you know, if 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 your if your heart is not is not set toward God, you know, it doesn't matter how much you pray. Your prayers are you know, and it says this in the spiritual books, are not going to reach God. And, uh, so, we don't want to fall into that trap. And, oh, one last thing, and then I'm definitely closing this one out. I know, and this, 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 this particular excuse that I get from the Vatican II sect just makes me absolutely want to just pull my hair out of my head. Is when they say, well, you know, the theology's above me. Uh, the things in the Bible. Uh, I don't, you know, I'm no theologian. I don't understand. Literally, for those of you who don't know, the saint who translated the Hebrew and the Greek Bible into Latin was named St. Jerome. I have a quote for, from him. I believe it's on my Pinterest page. Uh, to get a hold of that, you're going to have to go to the podcast description. But he literally says... That scripture is simple enough that a child can understand it, yet deep enough that theologians can sit and ponder the mysteries of God for all their life. And it is a matter of Catholic teaching that the majority of Catholic doctrine, I'm not saying all of it, but the majority is meant to be understood by a simpleton such as myself who barely graduated from high school. And for those of you who are thinking about arguing with me on this point, I want to give you a little history lesson. Back in the Middle Ages, your average peasant, and when I say average, I'm talking about 90%, was illiterate was barely educated. But yet, the Catholic doctrine that they were taught was so understandable that even a person like them could understand what they were being taught. Now, obviously, with transubstantiation and the Trinity, those, those are very difficult uh, doctrines to understand. But if you have faith that the traditional Catholic Church will not lead you astray, then all you need to do is to assent. You don't need to write a 50-page uh, thesis on, on the Trinity, and you don't need to write a 50-page thesis on transubstantiation. As long as you have faith that the traditional Catholic Church is not going to lead you astray, that's good enough. And one last thing, and I've covered this on my uh, episodes about the Vatican II Church. I've had Vatican II people online tell me when I tell them about the errors and the heresies of Vatican II. And they're like, oh, I'm not a theologian. I don't understand that. I'm busy. I got, I got things to do. First of all, I, I'm going to raise two issues. Number one, what is important to you? 
Is the salvation of you and your family important to you? Because if it is, like I said, there are tons of set of contest podcast. Well, not tons. There are set of contest podcasts out there that will quote you chapter and verse in very intelligible terms about how Vatican II is heretical. And they'll give you the resources. Okay? So, you know, no. I, I Speaking for myself, personally, <laughs> I, I was very, I mean, I, I did my research and stuff in Vatican II, but there was a lot of stuff that I was unaware of. But researching Sedevacantism was not the most difficult thing I ever had to do. And I'm saying this as a guy who barely graduated from high school and has no college. So if I can get it, you, you know, especially if you were smart enough to get into college, you should get it. The second thing I want to say is about that is that... um. Then this 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 goes back to the spiritual eyes and the spiritual ears, and having a receptive heart to Jesus's uh the to the Holy Ghost and Jesus. Anybody with two eyes and a brainstem can tell that Mister Bergoglio is not a true Catholic Pope. Now. As far as John Paul goes, as far as um, uh, Benedict goes, as far as Paul VI goes, or John Twenty-Third, you don't need to be a theologian to listen to a set of a contest podcast and where they quote chapter and verse how these guys were heretics. To, to understand that they're heretics. Okay? Now, if you're saying that the issues are too deep for you, I'm going to make a suggestion. It's just a suggestion. That perhaps maybe your heart, your spiritual heart, is too hard and too set in its own ways. You want to have it your way. You don't want to have it God's way. You want to have it your way. It's just easier for you to believe that the Vatican II Church is legitimate than to actually listen to podcasts, read books, and do the research. It's just a suggestion. You do with it what you will. Anyway, guys, I really appreciate you listening. And I really appreciate you giving me your time. And believe it or not, I, I, do, I do this because I want to see as many people go to heaven as possible. But it's up to you. It's up to you. You have free will. You have a choice. Okay? So, but... I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you giving your time. Um, God bless you. Have a good day. And I'm praying for all of you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. You people have been chosen to reveal our existence to the world. You will witness what happens here today and you will tell of it later.